Welcome to Sunday Plus, a podcast dedicated to diving deeper into Calvary Vista's Sunday Sermon to discover more of God's truth and how it applies to our lives. All right, guys, it's great to be with you guys doing this again. Yeah. Missed you last week, Tyler. It's great to be here. I miss but you guys. Pete did a good job, though. <laughs> he did. He did a great job filling in. And uh, so what are you guys drinking today? Ooh, we got the classic nitro cold brew from Steeping Giant. So good. Yes. And uh, like just plain black. Plain black. That's all you Delicious. need. It's, it's already creamy It's that enough. good. Yeah. yeah. Really? Yeah. No sweetener, nothing. Nothing. Okay. I already bring some chest hair, so we're, Ooh. we'll see. <laughs> I need some. That's what this does. <laughs> <laughs> I'll show you. Oh, no. <laughs> Sunday plus. Whoa. <laughs> no, we're not going to do that. Okay. But anyway. Well, today we were in Revelation chapter 3. We've been in our Red Letter series, and this has been a three-part series on the church. What does Jesus say to the church? And today it was the church of Laodicea. Mm -hmm. and they were the lukewarm church. Yeah. They were the church that Jesus said that they made him want to vomit. Mm -hmm. and, uh, but at the same time, we see you know, Jesus going after them mm -hmm. and you know, not discarding them. And I thought that was a really important thing yeah. to point out because you know, I, I think sometimes it's easy to come to a place where you can become you know, lukewarm, but um, Tyler, what would you, what were you thinking about as you looked at this passage? Yeah. One thing that really stuck out to me, is just the, the historical context of the city of Laodicea and archeological evidence has shown hmm. us that they got their water from two different sources. So right. they got hot spring water or hot water from Herophilus. And so it reminds me of the Bible college. You know, <laughs> been out to Marietta at the conference center and they got the bubbling hot water. It kind of smells bad. Mm -hmm. And they brought that through six miles by an aqueduct into the city of Laodicea. And then they got cold water from um, the city of Colossae. And so this combination of these two different sources of water created that disgusting, lukewarm wow. water that you wanted to vomit out of your mouth. And I think there's greater application there um, to us as kind of defining what a lukewarm Christian would be mm. in that a lukewarm warm Christian can be described as someone who is compromising. Mm -hmm. That is getting uh, their their life source or they're connected to two different sources, mm -hmm. looking for refreshment and satisfaction. And so it's kind of like living with one foot in the world and one foot with Christ. And, yeah. and certainly this would bring a place to where you feel weaker, where mm -hmm. there would be some condemnation, where there'd be some guilt. And yet, like you mentioned, Christ is knocking at the door of their heart. He wants to get back in. He wants to change and transform and meet um, these people where they're at and to, to lift them up out of that place. But I think it's really important for us to kind of think about that of a compromising Christian because this is huge right now. I know yeah. a lot of um, compromising Christians. I used to be a compromising Christian and, and it's the idea of you're, you're kind of giving the devil an inch and he takes a mile. Mm -hmm. You're playing with fire and mm -hmm. not the good fire because mm -hmm. we know the good fire is the all-consuming fire of God. Amen. Uh, but man, we're playing with, the wrong kind of fire. Yeah. And we're yeah. so glad, Tyler, that you got things squared away a month ago. <laughs> <laughs> We've been praying. That's why I wasn't here last week. Oh, no. <laughs> no. You know, when, and I love the Lord's patience as he works with us to get mm. our 
foot out of the world and fully into him, abiding in him is really the John 15 message there. But I know that there are Christians who are just comfortable with one foot in, Mm -hmm. one foot out. And they're comfortable only because doing that dulls their senses and their sensitivity to the Holy Spirit, Mm -hmm. you know? And I know the Lord would want to rekindle that love and that fire once again, but beware. Like if you're, maybe you have, it's it's been so long since you've heard the Lord, maybe you're compromising in an area, Mm -hmm. you know? It's a good self-reflective thought to think about. Yeah, it's a really good word. And you know, being in that place when you have one foot in the Lord, one foot in the world is is the worst place to be. I've heard it put this way. It's like you have too much of the world to really enjoy Mm -hmm. the Lord Mm because you're always dealing with that, you know, condemnation, but you've got too much of the Lord to really enjoy the world. There's always that conviction. Um, but the, it seems like the enemy loves to put mm. people, you know, in that mm-hmm. place. And so, you know, that is a good picture of yeah. compromise. I think yeah. that we see with these guys. Yeah. And, and I think when, when we experience, when we're compromising, what it does is it robs our identity mm. because Christ has robed us in his righteousness. He's given us new life. And so when we're playing like that, it's like, we're, I think of Lazarus. I think of when Lazarus was called out of the grave and we read that he had his grave clothes on, but he took those grave clothes off. Mm. And, you know, there's a symbol when God calls us out of the grave, when we're dead in our trespasses and sin, gives us new life. He clothes us with his robe of righteousness. But when we're compromising, we're taking off our robe of righteousness and we're putting back on our grave clothes. (laughs) And an identity crisis occurs where we feel like we don't fit in anywhere. I don't fit in church. I don't fit in the world. And so Paul the Apostle say put off the old self mm-hmm, and yeah. walk in the new man that new right. life that christ has given he's given us an, an identity so so maybe if you're listening to this and and you feel like you're compromising and, and you're like yeah you know what i'm kind of having an identity crisis i don't feel like i fit in anywhere listen god's given you an identity Amen. he loves you he desires to continue to robe you in his righteousness as we saw here mm-hmm. it makes a reference there that you are naked but he wants to clothe you yeah he has an identity for you and a purpose Amen. for him. Love that. Yeah, I didn't get to really go into that in the first two services, but I did in the third of mm-hmm. just the idea of how, you know, their nakedness. He mentions their shame. And yeah. Their shame was connected to their nakedness, mm-hmm. even though they thought they were clothed. Mm-hmm. And um, but the way the Lord saw them, and and it's like with uh, Adam and Eve in the yeah. garden. Yeah. It says after they ate of the fruit that they were naked and mm-hmm. they were ashamed. Yeah. But Jesus comes and he wants to you know, cover that nakedness with his righteousness. Mm. And, uh, you know, he wants to clothe us. And so he was inviting them. You know, it's the whole invitation when he says, you know, come dine with me. It's like, hey, come Mm. and let me fill you. Let me clothe you. Let me, yeah, it's so Lord. And, And unto other people, you can fake it. Yeah. But it says in Hebrews, all things are open and naked to the eyes of him to Mm. whom we must give account. And so we could have a good reputation amongst our peers, but what really matters is what the Lord is seeing and what he's revealing. And that's so detrimental when you can just be comfortable with those masks. The Lord would say, Mm. put the masks away. Just take the new identity of what Christ has given Mm. you and walk in that. So good. Yeah. You know, another thing that I really didn't have the time to go into today um, was the promise that Jesus makes to them in verse 21, when he says, To him who overcomes, I will grant to sit with me on my throne, as I also overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. And, you know, I just thought it was interesting. I love I love the Lord's heart with each one of these churches where he's making, it's like he wants them to see beyond their 
current situation. Mm-hmm. I think one of the reasons or ways that it's easy to become, you know, lukewarm and become stagnant, like we talked about with the cup today, is is when we're just so focused on the here and now, mm-hmm. and we and we aren't focused on the there and then. So it seems like with each one of them, he's giving them a a then to look yeah. forward mm. to. And I love what Adam Clark said about this. He said, this is the worst of the seven churches and yet the most eminent of all the promises are made to it, mm. showing that the worst may repent mm. and finally conquer and attain even to the highest state of glory. Wow. And, and, and the Lord's saying, you know, I'm gonna let you come sit on my throne. Yeah. You know, wow. I'm gonna rule and reign with me. Wow. We have this inheritance in mm. Christ. And I think that's one of the things that you know, he's so much always wanting us to realize is that this life is short mm-hmm. and eternity is so long, mm-hmm. you know, and um, he wants us to live here in light of, you know, what's going to be going on yeah. Yeah. there. Um, what about you, Aaron? What, what's yeah, that's up to you huge. I love how Jesus is revealing himself specifically to yeah. each church. You know, he used the amen on, on, on this letter. And it seemed that the lack of understanding of who Jesus is also resulted in an unbiblical view of their identity. Because you read in verse 17 uh, that the way that the Laodiceans looked at themselves was dramatically different from how the Lord viewed them. So here's a question. How do we adopt a biblical view of our identity? Mm-hmm. You talked about the identity crisis. So how, yeah. how do we shift that? And how do we get a biblical identity of who we are so we're not deceiving ourselves? Yeah, I think this is massive. You know, we see, it's really interesting, actually, the Laodicea, the city of Laodicea is really close to the city of Colossae. And in the book of Colossians, mm-hmm. he's writing to them mm. to basically speak of the deity of Christ. And they were struggling with that doctrine. And it seems as if the Laodiceans were also struggling with this doctrine mm. because they were trying to live as if they were gods. Mm-hmm. They, they they were like, look at me, wow. look how rich I am, look yeah. how I'm prospering. And I, I believe that's why Jesus opens it up with this reference of the beginning of all creation with mm. e- echoing Colossians 115 of the firstborn of all creation and just saying, hey, listen, you're not God. I'm God. Mm-hmm. You're not in control. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm in control. And I think that's how we adopt a biblical identity is when we have a godly perspective. Right. When we see God for who he is, mm-hmm. that's when we find who we are. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that's the key. Yeah. It's that simple. We need to change our perspective to see how God views us. What's incredible is that we see there in verses, uh, what is that, 15 and 16, of, of they thought they were rich and prosperous. And he says, no, you're wretched mm-hmm. and yeah. you're, naked you're naked and all this stuff. Yeah. Yet that's our identity, mm. but God still loves us wow. so much in that place, in that awful, nasty, wretched place that he died for us mm-hmm. and gives us a new identity. That's beautiful. And I mean, it's just incredible when we adopt that. There's no there's no worldview like that. No. Right. You can't find that anywhere else. Right. That God would do that at our worst. Yeah, and I love that. So adopting a, a biblical view of who you are is really just experiencing the Lord. Yeah. You know, you see in uh, Isaiah chapter 6, he encounters God mm-hmm. high and lifted up. The train of his robes filling the temple. All yeah. the angels are glory. The temple beams are shaken just because yeah. of the holiness of the shouts of the angels. And Isaiah has a self-realization. He understands who he is. And so I think a practical way to do this is to remind ourselves every day um, to be in the word because the word mm-hmm. is a mirror, mm-hmm. right? And it shows right. us where we're, where we're at fault and who he is. And so taking that biblical identity is really pausing in your day taking in that fresh manna of the word through daily devotions and in prayer, honest prayer, not just like the prayers that we always pray. And it gives opportunity for the presence of God to be 
reminding us of that we are actually living in his presence. You know, it changes everything. I think it's interesting, too, about Isaiah, because in the first five chapters, we see Isaiah kind of going around and he's, woe is you and woe is you Mm -hmm. and woe is you. Mm -hmm. And then he has this encounter of of seeing God in his glory and Mm. he suddenly, woe is me. Right. You know. And it's that that reaction to, mm-hmm. to who God is, is that we, we see ourselves yeah. in light of who he is. It's John the Baptist when he mm-hmm. says of Jesus that, you know, there's one coming after me and I'm not I'm not worthy to loose his sandal mm-hmm. strap. But that led John to then say, I need to decrease mm-hmm. so that he can increase mm-hmm. because he was recognizing how, mm-hmm. you know, my true identity is connected to mm-hmm. who oh, Jesus so is. Yeah. You know? So in the busyness of, of your life, your father, a young, yeah. young kid, and, and, you know, you've been a father for ages, <laughs> right? <laughs> Most of our churches, I'm saying you're you're wise. (laughs) So I think most of our church can identify with where you guys are at, where it's busy, you know? So how do you, how do you guys pause to regain that perspective? What does that look like for you on a practical level? Yeah, I think it's important. uh, You mentioned prayer Mm -hmm. is we see Jesus's model for the disciples to pray was starting with the attributes of God. You're saying our father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. And so I think it's important um, to take specific time out of my day. If I have so much time to pray in the morning before my kids wake up or they're already up and I'm Mm -hmm. trying to just zone in, uh, most of the time I try to be very intentional and just remembering who God is and focusing in on his attributes and just praising him for who he is. And then that just realigns everything Mm. else. And so uh, that's, that's something that I do that helps and helps with my identity in the Lord. That's great. Yeah. For me, it's, it's so much about rhythms Mm. and, you know, coming to a place where the rhythm of my day has to start with me and Jesus. Mm. But then oftentimes, because I don't know about you guys, I I can have a killer devotional time with the Lord and just leave the house, you know, and and feel so like just connected and in the spirit. And then by noon, I'm just, you know, Mm. my brain is somewhere else and I'm, I'm scattered and I'm frustrated and and I work at a church. <laughs> I, can't a imagine, I can't imagine what it's like the guy who's working in an office with a bunch of heathens. Mm, right. you know? oh, I get to hang around with you heathens. Oh, right? yeah. <laughs> but no, being in that place. That, and, and so sometimes I have to like at lunch, I just got to go mm. take a walk or yeah. just, you know, mm. again, getting back into that that rhythm of always just seeking to keep the Lord center and wow. center focus. Wow. You know? So there's a discipline that comes to yeah, that. It is. Yeah, it's not it's always time. feeling based. No, no. <laughs> you have to move past that in Christian maturity, right? You know, it's interesting. I'll, I'll say, I'll tell you this is, um, you know, there was a time early in my walk with the Lord where I really, really felt him mm. a lot of times. And I would be like in worship, I'm like crying wow. and I'm just, I felt, you know, his presence. Mm, but yeah. then it was weird. It's like, I hit this point I can't remember how long I'd been walking with the Lord where I started to like feel him rarely. Mm -hmm. And I would be in a service or at a camp or something. And I just wanted so desperately like, God, please, I want to cry right now. You know, Mm -hmm. I just wanted to to feel something. And it was so weird because he spoke to me so clearly in that time of saying, hey, you know, you're to walk by faith. Mm not by sight or mm-hmm, mm-hmm. by your feelings. You know, yeah, John John says, this is the victory that has overcome the world. It's our faith, mm, not yeah. our not our feelings, you know? And and it was interesting because when I finally embraced that, like, okay, I'm, I'm not gonna always feel the Lord, 
because um, this is about walking in faith wow. that I started to really experience him even more, wow. you wow. know? And so um, I think that's the interesting thing that you bring up because yeah. I think it's, it's really, you know, there's, it, it is a, it is a walk of faith. Mm -hmm. It is a walk of just, you know, believing and I'm trusting and I'm knowing, you know, and, and so I'm taking steps even when I don't feel like it, wow. you know, I think that's how we allow the Lord to stretch us and mm -hmm. break us out of becoming comfortable. Yeah. It's right. like just God's calling, you know, I don't feel it, but I'm going to do it. Mm -hmm. And then you see in how he shows up and you see, you see what he does. Oh, that's awesome. That's so good. I, I want to jump back to something there. It's, it's, it's a walk with the Lord. And I love the word that you use rhythm. And mm -hmm. that was really something that comforted me in having two young kids right now. And there was a time when we had two under two and we're, we're not much past that. <laughs> Um, but someone told me this is the walk, our walk with the Lord is like a rhythm and rhythms change. Yeah. Sometimes you have so a good. fast paced rhythm. Right. And then sometimes you have a slower paced rhythm. Mm. And the beauty is, is that we're not beating to our own drum. We're beating a God's drum. Wow. And God is so patient to change the rhythm for us. Yeah. And I found so much comfort in that because, so man, good. I mean, right before the kids came, it was like... The rhythm was hot. It was fast. It was upbeat. It's like go, 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 yeah, go, go. Yeah. And then it's like, I learned like, oh Lord, you're 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 going at a slower beat now, a slower mm. rhythm. Mm. Help me to get in line with you. I was trying to get ahead of the Lord. Mm. Man, it just brought me so much comfort and peace, yeah. just yeah. knowing God's patient wow. and um, that those rhythms change, and that's okay. Mm. Beautiful. That's yeah. Cool. Um, anything else you guys see in this or? Yeah, I think with the identity, going back to that, I think this is so big. We can continue to give a couple more examples as we see God for who he is, then we'll find mm -hmm. who we are. And we see this with Isaiah, with John the Baptist, then when Peter, Peter's on a boat and they're fishing and, and he makes this mm -hmm. statement after Jesus filled the nets with fish, he said that he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, depart from me for I am a sinful man, O Lord. Mm -hmm. Saul of Tarsus, he's walking on the road of Damascus wow. in Acts chapter nine. He sees the Lord and he has this great encounter, this mm -hmm. great conversion. Mm -hmm. And so again, it's, it's reiterating this thing with identity that the Laodiceans need, that we need is having that godly perspective of who God is. And then we see who we are mm -hmm, yeah. and even in our sin god loves us i mm -hmm. mean I, I can't overemphasize that goodness there and they needed to repent and we know god's love leads yeah, to repentance yeah. in romans yeah. chapter 2 verse 4. and i really wow. think that's the the whole point of his divine remedy he gives mm -hmm. them in verse 18 um, was that they had their identity in all of these things that's of great. their wealth mm. and, and, he, and what he was, when he's saying buy from me and you know come to me, what he's really saying is that, you know, I want you to have your identity in me. Yeah. And your, you know, I mentioned the word sufficiency and dependency, mm. but really is it's identity of who they were, that it wouldn't be in anything else. And I think sometimes, you know, we can pursue other things, you know, even in ministry. I mean, we yeah. have, our identity is in ministry that, right. oh, you know, I'm Pastor Rob or whatever. And just say, no, you, you need to have, find your identity in me. And if yeah. our identity is in him, then we are going to be you know, dependent, we're going to be mm. finding our sufficiency in him. We're going to be looking to him to constantly fill us and, mm. and, and, and that type of thing, I think is so key. Yeah, yeah, something I emphasize in the youth this morning when we're looking over this passage is um, that God, again, he's knocking mm. on the door of their hearts. Mm -hmm. He's on the outside. And when we begin to focus too much on ourselves or on these other things, 
without realizing it, we're kicking God out. Mm -hmm. yeah. And um, and and so it's this idea of how do we solve that? It's this it's this godly perspective. It's yep. putting our eyes back on the Lord. Yep. And another thing I told them is to feed the fire. So talking about mm -hmm. relationship, the yeah. fire of our love for them. And and if you could say it differently, of saying stay in the fire, mm -hmm. that God's yeah. an all-consuming fire, mm -hmm. and we need to stay in that place of letting Him refine us and change us yeah. and transform us. And so God's knocking. Mm -hmm. Let him in and just yeah. let the fire consume you. Yeah. And, um, yeah. I know sometimes when we don't want to let the fire in, it's because maybe we're comfortable with the things that are hidden in the closets of our heart. Yeah. And if the Lord's knocking on that closet door, it's not to shame you or to condemn you. It's yeah. to bring healing because he's a jealous God and his mm. holy jealousy is fueled by his holy love. And he just wants all of you. You know? yeah. And Amen. so Amen. it's a beautiful thing that he would even want us in the first place, mm. you know? So true. <laughs> and, yeah. then, so true. and then he's like, I'm going to actually make you a co-heir with mm. Christ. It's like, Incredible. what? You know? And so he's doing that work in us right yeah. now. And then it's going to be through us. It's going to be amazing. Love that. And you know, what's interesting too, just to think about is that the things that they had their identity in weren't things that were wrong, that were bad. Mm. I mean, you know, money yeah. is good. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, it's been say, said that money is a cruel master, but it can be a great servant. Right. You know, it's it's, you know, mm -hmm. not um, really what you you possess, but it's what possesses you. But it's yeah. it's neutral. Money yeah. is neutral. Yep. Um, you know, they had their their uh, identity in the clothes that they wore. Yep. Um, again, clothes, we need them. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. They started the all black look, right? The yeah, black wool. Yeah, they did. Yeah, the black wool. Wow. All the worship you know. leaders. They, started yeah. <laughs> they had their identity in the fact that they produced this ointment, mm -hmm. you know, that was used for healing. And again, that was a good thing. But when our identity is in anything but Jesus, that's when it becomes a problem. Yep. So it becomes an issue. And, and that's such a great point with the eye salve and this idea of getting back into the fire is that when we're realigning ourselves with the identity with Christ, sometimes it's painful because mm -hmm. he's revealing again, this yeah. is what's going on. I mean, the eye salve, you're rubbing this stuff in the eye. We know Jesus is miracle. He got dirt and he rubbed it mm. on the eye. That yeah. doesn't feel good. No. To get burned in fire, it doesn't feel good. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes when, when we're realigning ourselves with the Lord, uh, he's cutting things away and mm -hmm. it can be painful, mm -hmm. but it's for our good. Amen. It's so yes. that we would be conformed in his image. It's for our holiness and our sanctification. Yeah. And that is the will of God. Mm -hmm. What's God's will for my life is that we'd be sanctified Sanctify. and set apart Amen. for him. Yeah. Um, and so it's a great reminder if you're like, man, I'm compromising, I'm comfortable, and now I'm trying to realign and this is just really difficult. Yeah, that's the point. It's going to be difficult. It's mm -hmm. going to, there's going to be a painful process in the growing and the stretching, but it's ultimately for your good. Mm, that's so good. Yeah, it hurts, but God's intention isn't to harm, mm, you know, even though right. it hurts. Because the good father, he wants to develop in us a Christ likeness, you know, to glorify his son. And that hurts, but his heart isn't to harm us. It's, it's to complete the good work yeah. that he's begun in us. Yeah. And it's coming from a heart of love. Mm -hmm. You know, if he sees one of his children doing something wrong and not correcting it, it's unloving, you know. But since he brings in that correction, it hurts, but it shows us that he loves us. So good. Yeah, another point I had in my notes this morning of like when my daughter, she's two years old and she's running into the street. Sometimes I'm like, Presley, I just yell, mm -hmm. don't go there, yeah, right. stop. Mm -hmm. And it hurts her feelings. Mm -hmm. yeah. She starts crying. She thinks daddy's mm -hmm. mad at her, but I'm trying to protect her because yeah. I love her. Yeah. And the Lord does the same thing with us. 
Tyler, stop, don't go there. Mm-hmm. And sometimes like, oh Lord, I'm sorry, but it's because he loves me. <laughs> right, right. It's because he he wants the best for me. Amen. So Love good. It. So good. Well, guys, good conversation. Yeah, definitely. Appreciate it. And uh, once again, that's the end of our Sunday Plus. We thank you for tuning in and uh, encourage you to share this with friends and encourage you to, you know, on the if you're on Facebook, if you're on the Facebook group to mm-hmm. You know, chat with one another and just see, we'd love to just see you take this conversation and expand it into your life and into your friendships as, you know, you're just diving deeper and talking about with others what God is teaching you and what he's showing you in your word. And uh, this next week, we're going to be jumping back over into the Gospels in Matthew chapter six to see what Jesus has to say about stress and worry. Mm-hmm. So... All right, till next time. God bless you. God bless you guys. guys. That concludes today's episode of Sunday Plus, a Calvary Vista podcast. If you're encouraged by today's episode, would you share it with a friend? We'd also really appreciate it if you left us a rating or a review on whatever podcast platform you're tuning in on. Until next week, we'll see you next time on Sunday Plus. Sunday Plus.